We begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast. We pay our respects to the Elders past and present. We extend our respect to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Hi guys, welcome to Bumps and Besties, a podcast about navigating the journey to motherhood through fertility struggles, friendship, and all the bumps along the way. I'm your host, Lexi, along with my co-host and bestie. Hi, I'm Amy. Our podcast is here to explore the often tricky, usually emotional path to motherhood through the lens of two besties on two different paths. Laugh with us, cry with us, and know wherever you're at on your journey, you're never alone because your besties are here and we have your back. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bumps and Besties. So you know the drill, usually it is myself and Amy, but this week we're doing something a little bit different because I'm recording remotely from Adelaide and I do not have Amy with me. I have a special guest, my hubby, Ashley. Welcome to the show. Good evening, everyone. So we are doing a special episode for you guys as a few people have been asking what it's like on the opposite side of the track. So we will be chatting with Ash about his time as a dad as we approach our first birthday of Ted. But before we kick off the episode, Ash, how has your week been? Uh, my week has been pretty good as usual. It's busy. Uh, Theodore's been excellent as always. Uh, we're here in Adelaide for my work. So uh, my lovely wife and son have travelled with me. We're down here for a conference for this week. So I thought I hate being away from my family. So I so here we are. Me. Yeah, we, we have come with you. Well, that's really sweet. I'm glad you've had a nice time. So uh, something a little different for us. We actually have Ted sleeping in the room with us because we're staying in a hotel and we're not going to spend millions of dollars on spending two different rooms for him to have his own bedroom like he does at home. So we have had him in the bedroom with us. So a little bit more broken sleep than usual. And he has been feeding overnight like crazy, which he usually doesn't do at home. So my reality is that I'm a little bit more tired than usual, and I think you probably are too. So <laughs> that's just been a little bit of an update for us. So let's jump into this week's topic, which is that we are talking about your experience as a dad. As we hit the first milestone, which is Ted's first birthday, you've now had a year of experience. If you could sum it up in a couple of words, what would you say? It's been a learning experience for me. Um, I don't know how much the listening audience knows about what I do, but my life has been spent learning and educating myself and being constantly challenged. Uh, and this year has been a whole nother level for me. <laughs> it really yeah. has been. It's, it's been. it's been an excellent period for me. Uh, I finished my training recently and then you kind of hit a little bit of an existential lull in, in <laughs> yeah, your life. Yeah, what do I and do then... with myself now? I've spent 20 years thinking about this one thing and now I've done it. And then you have a child and you work out that that's probably the most important thing that you're ever going to do. Yeah, really. absolutely. So just obviously give the listeners a little context. You're a doctor. You've been training for how long to be a doctor? Half my life. <laughs> yeah, so pretty close to 20 years. 
So obviously over that time, it's very one step in front of the other with medicine. There's sort of one path of doing it. Did you try and approach fatherhood in the same way of just trying to put one foot in front of the other? Did you research a lot before you became a dad or are you just winging the whole thing? A little from column A and a little from column B. <laughs> I think from my point of view, the, the male or the, the masculine aspect in raising the child doesn't really take a crystalline role until the child is a little bit older. Like at yep. the moment, as my brother who has three, three boys counseled me before this you're kind of just standing there holding the baby until the until the mother comes back and <laughs> to be honest that's a little bit what it's like you feel a little bit superfluous a lot of the time which is your own fault but when you have such a great mum working Aww. behind the scenes as I do you kind of fall into the into the dominant gender roles that exist I think so well it has work, been for us yeah you make the money you provide a stable environment you come home you do what you can in the short period of time that baby is awake and then you repeat realistically yeah. until Theodore is a little bit older and I can take a more physically active role in his life yeah it's 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 60 40 realistically yeah that will switch but at this point in time I know I'm happy I do what I can and I try and assist where I can and, and do everything that I can like for example one of the rituals that we have that we've been re relatively aggressive about maintaining is I will obey Theodore when I come home from work yeah and I just it's just lucky that I get to finish my my day at a reasonable time come home and be home by six 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 thirty and yeah. then able to undertake that ritual which allows yeah. me to continue to bond with my son yeah which has been really nice so I always make sure that he is fed by the time you come home from work so as soon as you are home we pop him into the shower you guys have your shower together it is like a ritual that you have with one another and then I come in at the end and take him off you so you can have your shower dry him and then we all sort of sit on the bed for a little bit after that and just kind of play with him which is really nice mm bonding time for mm. us so I think like setting those little rituals for us has been super helpful for you to sort of maintain that bond and continue to grow your relationship yeah, definitely the days are so busy so incredibly busy I think that's one thing that you that you don't realize once once you have a kid is time runs horror, so, horrifyingly so fast. fast before children and then when you have a child you blink and a week literally a week goes by yeah no it's pretty crazy isn't it and what would you say has been like the most surprising aspect of becoming a dad? The expansion of my eternal instinct, I think, mm -hmm. to other other people's kids and other people in general. I think just by the fact that what I do, I have to be relatively em empathetic. Yeah, of course. You're caring for people every day. To people. But the, the flip side of that is the job that I do tends to burn that out of me pretty quick. Yeah. Well. Though having, having a child... I think just refills that tank. It, it allows you to understand the, why you exist in society, I think, realistically. Mm -hmm. it, it allows you to, to re-establish your connection with, with everyone else in this world because you're caring for someone that can't care for themselves. Yeah. Yet you, you, you do it without, without any thought of, of return to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It is a weird thing. It's... it's 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 hard to put into words how much your view of the world changes 
before and after having a child, as cliche mm-hmm. as that sounds. Yeah, well, there's probably a reason it is a cliche, right? Is because that it's one of those things you don't realise and then you have a child yeah, and child it's and like... Child. The world is a different colour. It is. Like it's, it's like just... a whole new area of your heart and your mind opens up to you that you weren't able to experience previously. Yeah. Exactly, and, and it, it expands out to other people too. Yeah, of like course. You want to. It, it depends on your personality type, though. I think, mm. like, if you're a if so you're a naturally talking from your person, your perspective, you want to then protect other people's yeah. kids as well too, as much as your own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what do you think has been the hardest thing about becoming a dad? Uh, trying to make sure that I am assisting you, I think. Okay. Because you are driving this mm-hmm. this period in our in our life I, I really am facilitating what we have but the driving force is you you do the research you are understand where the child is changing how he needs to change I don't know if that's a specific thing for male female maternal paternal or if it's our personality like yeah. our dynamic I'm a fundamentally lazy person whereas <laughs> you're quite driven no 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 you're very driven as well uh, so I think it's just making sure that I'm assisting where I can and, and mm-hmm. doing what I can and feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm bringing value to the situation, if you know what I mean. The last yeah. thing I want to do is make sure is, is have you feel like you're on your own in the situation. No, of course, yeah. So I guess that brings me to my next question. How do you feel having a baby has changed our relationship? Because we've been together a long time. We've been together nine years now and we've only just had a baby. Not so much, I don't think. Like, yeah. I think we were pretty codependent to begin with. Yeah. Having a child has just allowed us to yeah. push that further. That's probably <laughs> true. Like, we moved in together, what, after a year of being together? And it would have been earlier, but you had to move yeah. and so very far away. Yeah, and so life's been busy. Like, you were, you were, we were together during my training, so yes. you were aware of the time constraints placed upon me and then upon you mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. because of that. So it hasn't been a significant change, I think. Obviously, there's added stresses on the relationship because everyone's tired. Yeah. And, and, and we're, we're relatively lucky in as much as financially we're... That, we're that, comfy. That, that, that stress it's not isn't, stressing. Isn't there so much, so we can just concentrate more on being tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is... Don't underestimate that, listeners. It's It's... The, 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 it's a shock to the system. It really is. Like, and that's a lot coming from you, given that you were you did surgery before you met me and you used to work 14-hour days, seven days a week, and you used to work overnight. I've had, I've had 30, 36 hours awake in a hospital without a break. Like, and yet you Australia. should do that, but a baby wears you out. <laughs> well, not so much, I don't think. I, yeah. I still think I function quite well, but I run off your fatigue as well. Too. Yeah, that's true. So if I really struggle. I need sleep. I'm, I, I, I'm a sloth of a human. People, I need as much sleep as possible. Yeah. I would sleep on a moving truck if it meant that I got extra five minutes. The other thing that I, I do struggle with sometimes is I'm very much a regimented uh, schedule mm-hmm. kind of person during the day. And having a baby, as weird as it sounds, you can really do that. Like, yes. And I, it, Our kid is a scheduled kid. It stresses like, not me when we change do. that. Like if we go yeah. out or we're at our parents and it's 9 o'clock and he's still awake, yeah. and it just throws everything out. 
Yeah. And for me, that's quite stressful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're good with routine. Mm. And I think that's probably why the newborn stage was quite, I'm going to say easy in quotations here, people. It wasn't obviously a walk in the park, but it was easier for us to do the newborn stage because it is, at least Ted was, very regimented in the fact that he would do everything he needed to do in three-hour cycles and we could just, we knew exactly what was coming up. And I think the hard part for us as we move forward with him is obviously as he hits these new age milestones, his requirements change. Yeah, it's like, and that's really hard. Like learner versus peers. Yes, he's open. Yeah. It's like it's just the, the 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 degree of chaos increases. Like our son can't talk. Yeah, <laughs> or can't talk, but he's manifesting characters and yeah. behaviours that are quite alarming when he's going yeah he has tantrums and then he'll throw himself off the bed and we are already seeing (laughs) the future so i think it's going to be an interesting and 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 fun few years but like i'm just i'm aware that of the first time that he breaks his arm or something like that it's going to be an interesting period you'll probably have to console me more than him So is there anything that you are afraid of for the future when it comes to Ted? Other than, like, Other than irration- breaking irrational bones. fears of him oh, dying yeah, sure. or something like yeah. that. Because I think that's pretty normal. Oh, I, don't... I think the standard... You play through that the, 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 in your head. The standard stuff that you just want to make sure that you do the best that you can. And I think you're, I don't know, from my point of view, you're quite aware of it's it's hard as a doctor you're aware of how much damage a human body can take and how mm-hmm. much damage a human psyche can take before you really do anything mm-hmm. and it's it's quite a significant amount but the other side is you're a father so you're like well you don't want them to have any that, damage did that bird poo on my son has he lost three points of his iq because of that like <laughs> like, like crazy irrational fears yeah. like that and so there's that dichotomy that exists from that point of view and you're aware of it as you're thinking these things as mm. well too very much so and you're aware of how irrational it is that doesn't mean it goes away though. no exactly but true fears oh i'm not sure like i think i'm pretty confident that we're going to be good parents uh we're nice. we've been we've been given a lot of privileged gifts yes, to the point have. where I think if we don't produce a very functional child kid, yeah. who's going to do something relatively good, we've let the team down, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I would say so. And we base that on the fact that, you know, we are in a steady relationship. We have a lot of family support. Financially, we're okay. Um, you know, we both come from educated backgrounds. So I think, you know, if you were trying to mix a recipe together for a successful person those things certainly go a long way to help the the, the take-home caveat for that though is he needs to be happy like there's not an expectation on our son that he needs to be an astronaut or something stupid like that no no i just want that i just don't want him to be a suck on society yeah exactly but (laughs) but if that's the potential then scott that's the potential then sure 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 yeah but no i'm not sure and in terms of your support network, because obviously, as we just mentioned, we have family, which we're really grateful for. Your parents and my parents both see Ted and are very involved in his life. But outside of our own guardians, who do you go to for dad advice? No one. No one. And do you think that's universal for dads? You just don't really connect with each other? I'm not sure, but 
out. And so to be able to answer that question, I would have to connect with other, other dads. Yeah, that makes sense. But you said that your brother gave you some advice moving into this period of your life, given that he has three kids. Yeah, his advice was go with the flow. Yeah. Shit will get hard. And you'll but be able to move you're, through you're it. You've just got to deal with it because at the end of the day, the, the your child is the one that you're doing it for. Yeah, really. yeah, absolutely. So. And do you find yourself looking for outside sources of information? Like I would Google things a hundred million times a day of like, can my child do this? What should my child be looking at? What is this for this age group? Do you find yourself Not so looking much. for extra stuff? I think, I think giving him food and understanding what's going to poison the child is important. <laughs> but from a point of view as, as to interacting with him, not so much. Mm -hmm. like if he's if he's engaged and happy and smiling, then that's enough for me. Like, yeah, there's not a lot that he's going to need yet. Like, we we add all these rules and changes in modern society, but realistically, we've been an anatomically modern species for depending on which book you read, a hundred thousand years. Mm -hmm. So we have worked out how to make this functional and work mm. a long time ago, long before we've had. YouTube and Instagram and, and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So, and I'm also given my background, I'm, I'm reluctant to absorb knowledge from sources that are not peer reviewed. Okay. So, anecdotal ev evidence is, is very weak, mm -hmm. um, and 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 should be taken in context. If yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. absolutely. Like if, With it a grain from, if it comes from a learned source, great. You've got to be careful with what people tell you. And mm -hmm. as a doctor, I know that very well. Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised the nonsense that you hear about people's understanding of human physiology and their bodies and all sorts of stuff. So it's difficult to take advice from people that I don't respect or believe or really understand what their credentials are. Mm -hmm. And that might be offensive to some people, but that's just the reality of the world that I've existed in for 50% yeah. of my life. And before yeah. that was science. So it's it's... Yeah. It's a hard, hard task to go back from that. So you act as that filter, yeah. I think, re yeah. reality-wise. And, and I'll be honest, my role probably won't really be a big one until he's a little bit older, I mm. would suggest, until he needs to learn the appropriate things that he needs to be to be a, a normal man in, in, in the world. I mean, you say that, but you do spend quite a lot of time with him, especially, like, weekends when I'm working. Like, you're with him. Yeah, you and know, so in that period of time, I just want to act as a loving father. Like, mm -hmm. there's, there's not, there's not expectations on him that he needs to do certain things at certain times. It's mm -hmm. just, I'll play with him, and if he looks bored, I'll go and do something else with him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what kind of expectations have you put on yourself, though, in this going into this? So that's a big question. Um, I think reality is. Excuse me. I think reality is you've got to. I don't know. You look at your. You look at the way that you were brought up, and if you're lucky, you can look at the good and the bad of that, mm -hmm. and and look at it again in in context with your own life and where you are, and, mm -hmm. and understand that your parents are fallible and they did the best that they could with the information that they had been given at the time, um, and also their own biases that were given to them by their parents, and and you you kind of want to give to your child the best aspect of that yeah. and remove the, the poor aspect of that. But that then denotes a, a certain level of, of insight into your own personality and behaviour. Sure, yeah. So you've got to 
in the first instance, understand yourself before you can understand how you're going to interact with the child. And that's a big ask, I think, mm. for a lot of different people, like, because you can you can just convince yourself that there's nothing wrong or yeah. that there is something wrong and it might be something different. So from my point of view, there, there are aspects of my personality which I would like to limit and, and remove from my son's upbringing. But mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, what I would like to give to him is a sense of safety mm-hmm. and love mm-hmm. and so that he, at this age, that he understands that he's, he's safe at all times yeah. and loved at all times, yeah. no matter what's happening. Yeah. I think that's the, the primary thing. Keeping him amused is helpful for, for us. Yeah. It means he doesn't scream, it doesn't get bored, but yeah. realistically for him, it doesn't make any difference. Okay, yeah. Cognitively developing, irrespective of what we do for him, if you sure. put him in a room, his brain's still going to grow. It's just yeah. going to grow in a different way. So giving him new experiences and all that kind of stuff, look, I'm limited in how much time I've got with him because mm-hmm. I've got to work. So from my point of view, all I want to do with him is ensure that he is comfortable and happy and very, very affectionate with me at all times. So yeah, and you guys we, do have a very affectionate bond. So as we age, that can grow into uh, a more mature relationship where yeah. he, what I envisage for my son and our future child with me is, is if they need advice, mm-hmm. if they need teaching, if they need that kind of stuff, they, they can come to me or more likely I'll be more proactive in, in that mm-hmm. and and teach them what I know and what I what I think is the the, the, the appropriate way to do these things in, in, in modern society. Obviously tempered by your understanding mm. of the world because as we both really mm. understand, I'm quite distant from I think you're very a normal world. Book smart. And also I think like because you exist in the world of medicine, it is a world onto its own. Like the yeah. amount of times that I've told like you about, military, yeah, it? like a work situation or a social situation and you've said, oh, well, that would never happen in medicine. Or on the reverse flip side of that, you've told me something that's happened at work and I'm like, that cannot happen in like a job in an office, like that kind of behaviour from seniors to you or you yeah, know, activity the, that you've seen. The, it, it's the, a different world to everywhere else. bullying, for example. Yeah. It's non-existent in medicine. You're either, you can do your job or you can't. And there's no half measures. If you can't do it, mm. it's not an indictment on you, but you've got to get out of the way. Yeah. Someone else is going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And what about in terms of like the big picture for the future? Is there anything like you'd really like to do with Ted in the future? Do you have visions of like a sport that you guys might get into or a country you'd like to show him? Not really. I think just my, my thought of his, his future is quite organic so, mm-hmm. and dynamic. So, like, for, for, for example, my, my upbringing, my parents were quite proactive in exposing me to lots of different things, so sports, mm-hmm. and, and you'd play it for a week and then never play it again. Mm-hmm. It must have annoyed my parents to no end. Like, you buy a set of golf clubs and you're like, great, I love golf. Yeah, six months later, no more golf. <laughs> so, great. So, but... That that's the kind of thing I would like, just to give him lots of options. And mm-hmm. if he likes to do something, then 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 yeah. The other thing that I think though that I would like to give him more than what my parents probably did was a little bit more drive. Mm-hmm. Like if, if into he, something specific, if he does if they want have an to interest. do it, then keep the enthusiasm about it. Yeah. Like you get up before them, 
on the Saturday morning, you get the breakfast ready, you get everything ready, you get them keen and excited for sport, you make it a game, you don't add a level of anxiety to the sport, whereas they don't want to get up and do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you've got to make sure it's still a learning experience for them in a positive light. Yeah, enjoyable experience. In all things, so academic included or whatever they're good at realistically, mm-hmm. whatever they enjoy, you just want to make sure that you show an interest and participate and push them into that because as everyone can understand, when you're a kid and as an adult too, it's hard to maintain drive for things that you're learning how to do until it becomes a habit. So, and until you get good at it as well, I think that's yeah, you want often you'll drop off before you get good. Yeah, you want a mentor there to show you the benefits of participating and continuing with this kind of thing. So a perfect example is a musical instrument. How many yeah. of us have learned a musical instrument 100 years ago and then mm-hmm. never played it again because it was too much effort? And then yeah. when you're 45 and you're like, geez, I wish I could play an instrument now. Yeah. And you're like, I did when I was 15 and now I can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that can be something you can do. Ted gets into the school band, you can start playing yeah, something with yeah. him. Yeah, so I just want to make sure that he is happy to try things and has a personality that is open to new experiences and, and happy to take on positive and negative experiences, you know, yeah. with an open mind. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, talk about, you know, their resilience or their ability to stick at something coming from their father figure in their life. Do you think that that is traditionally a masculine role or do you think it's just a matter of, Anyone can apply it. Not at all. I don't think it's traditionally a masculine role. I think it's a role of the primary, of the the person that the child is growing up under. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be male or female. It can be anything. It's just you want to be, the child wants to look up and see someone who is happy to go through the trials of life with a smile on their face, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because life's not easy Mm. for, for anyone, whether or not you're rich or poor. It's everyone's got the same realistically problems yeah it's relationship it's work it's stress it's tired it's being underappreciated having too many expectations placed upon you so at the end of the day i think if if the child can look to their caregiver and see that they're going through these motions Mm -hmm. with a smile on their face then it's not so bad yeah and they can do it as well too yeah is there anything from your childhood that you particularly are very fond of and you want to sort of emulate for him? Uh, Christmas was a big thing in my family. Yeah. So, I... so Christmas was really big. Dad was, Dad would, wasn't the most affectionate of, of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is funny because he's such a marshmallow now with oh, Ted. He's a totally different person. He walks in the door, he's like, like, where's the baby? Give me the baby to it's hold. so annoying. I think the listeners can understand <laughs> that. And you, and you look at your parents and they're like, they're fantastic grandparents and you're like, yeah. Where was this? <laughs> Where the hell was this? But they probably were like that. You just didn't understand them at the mm. time. They were under their own stresses and, 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 and issues. Yeah. Christmas was a big thing for us and holidays were always a big thing. And, and Dad was super proactive about being part of our lives. Like My father was in banking for most of our life. So mm-hmm. realistically, he'd be at work before we got up and he'd be, we'd be in bed before we got home. And that was the way the world worked until literally we were teenagers. Yeah, right. And he was this stern father figure off in the background who yeah. wore a super tight of work. But the the other side of that was he grew up on a dairy farm and we would go spearfishing and, and go pigging and, and mm. do these kind of bushy things in the background. So we would go and steal 
planks for work sites in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, I think that's the only reason why he had boys. So he had someone to participate in his nefarious <laughs> crimes with. That oh, my goodness. Which is an Australian thing for the internet. Yeah, we have a lot of overseas listeners. So, And also, that was the 80s. It's a different time now. <laughs> I mean, but things don't get stolen off people's housing sites anymore. But in the 80s, everyone used to just leave all their equipment at the end of the day at very open websites. Oh, we'd never take anything like tools or anything no. like that. It was simply bits of wood. Bits of wood. Yeah. But, <laughs> so he was he was he was active in that respect. Uh, but the thing with my father that there was always an associated emotional cost in, mm -hmm. in the participation. There was an expectation of a certain level of achievement in everything that we did. Yeah. Which was quite Never spoken about, but always there. So, for example, you would go and, and hit nine holes of go, golf kind of thing. Mm -hmm. If you didn't hit the ball straight, it was a, the worst day of the world. Yeah, right. So, okay. And it was like that in everything. 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 And that anxiety bleeds into every component of your life mm -hmm. after that. So, hence why I'm a doctor, but I'm also... A very lazy person like i work very hard <laughs> when i'm at work <laughs> but when i'm not at work i lay on the floor like. <laughs> <laughs> you just like the floor um yeah no i can understand that so i guess that's the but flip that's side what i don't want for myself yeah i don't want that that kind of expectation of achievement in anything i want him to develop that sense of achievement internally i want him to be essentially an autotelic i want him to derive his own sense of meaning from from in his own self yeah not from external influences. Yeah, absolutely. And how I go about inducing that, I've no idea. Mm. I've read a lot of books, but it's hard when you don't have a workable model to, sure. to go from. Yeah, absolutely. So knowing the things that you didn't want to emulate from your relationship with your own family, did that ever give you a hesitation to want to have kids in the future? Because obviously we've been together for a really long time and we only just decided to have a baby. Did you have hesitation because of what you had in the past or you just never really thought about it? No, I never had a hesitation. Like it wouldn't stop me from having children. Like it was never an issue. I was lucky enough to be aware of this issue for a long time. Um, having insight into it, like I've seen therapists for years, years and years and years and years, years, and years. And, uh, sometimes they help and sometimes they don't, mm -hmm. but being aware of, of these flaws, I think didn't mean I was not going to have a child. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was kind of, it was just something that I never really thought I would, it would happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I, I'd been in a long-term relationship before I met you mm. and then we've been together for a fair amount of time and you weren't too, too interested in children. Yeah. To me, it was never kind of, oh, I have to have children or mm. I don't have to have children. It was kind of like, you were yeah, look, like, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. If it doesn't, not the end of the world. Knowing what I know now, it would be an absolute travesty if I didn't have one. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's, it's, it's made me into more of an authentic version of myself than I thought I could have been. And same when, with when I met you. It mm -hmm. was these steps. It's like yeah. as Goku moves through his Super <laughs> Saiyan development, it's it's just there's that extra level. Same in medicine. It's yeah. just you reach a level and you're like, 
oh, I'm here now, and you have all these extra new powers that you never had before. <laughs> and then, 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 then you don't realise there's another level above that. So what the next level is, I have no idea, the next child. Okay, okay, yeah. More likely as they grow and expand and become more human, mm. I think that would be the next level for, for me. But uh, I've never thought I'd... I've never had an aversion to having kids. I just mm-hmm. never thought I'd be lucky enough to have them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it was probably... Well, it would have been two years ago now that I was like, oh, I think I'd quite like to have a oh, baby. It just changed overnight for you. Though. Yeah, it was really... It was like a week. It was dead yeah. set like that. It was yeah. one week, it was like, no more children. And then a week later, we must have children. Yeah. Oh. The old baby sickness came for me and it came viciously. Yeah. So you you never had that? You never had like a a feeling? It's different for a man yeah. biologically. It's, it's quite different. Well, I suppose so. you don't have the hormones pushing well, you and you don't not... have a uterus that has a ticking so clock in it. we're driven to procreate but not raise, mm. I think. Uh, you mean like talking about evolutionarily? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well... I don't know. You could make an argument. You look at the at the at the percentage of men that are that are found attractive by women, and how many of them are fathering children and looking after them, yeah, and then vice point. versa. Like the lower percentage of the the men who are found unattractive by women are fathering children and looking after them. Kind of yeah. like this is based on nothing other than a study that I read ages ago. So. Yeah, yeah. But an interesting thing is, I think that mindset changes once you have. Uh, a child mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? you want to pull everything that you've got into it that you can yeah and i'm speaking for myself i'm not generalizing to all humans so obviously that doesn't expand to every, no this every is person. your experience this is my experience yeah. though it's it's become a focus for me which is has been quite a positive experience I think. Mm. and what advice would you give to any new dads that are about to have a little person enter into their world keep your wife happy <laughs> that's it that's what it is it's they're going to be doing all the heavy lifting yeah like you can get up in the middle of the night you can change nappies you can do all that kind of stuff but all the emotional stress and anxiety that comes with raising a child is dead set taken up by the mum. yeah like it's, if you're a single dad different story yeah. um, well then you're doing the mental load yourself, doing if yourself. but from from our point of view we have quite defined roles mm. in, in our life now wasn't so much before child but now it very much is yes yeah. i go to work i make the money i ensure that the house the lights stay on and yeah and all that kind of stuff and we had that discussion before we had a baby yeah. you know we sat down and worked out what would be the way to do it because i think that's important too like you've got to set your expectations for each other before yeah, so you if you're both professionals and you both it. want to work 80 hours a week and have a child it's not going to work yeah, no. the child's going to suffer yeah, right. exactly. You can put them with a nanny, but then the nanny is the mum. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, what do you want out of having kids? Do you want to have a kid or do you want to have a family? Yeah, exactly. And it's the experience of being at, and like obviously that comes from a position of privilege oh, to lucky. be able to do we're that. We're lucky that we can do that. We're lucky that we can do that. A good friend of mine is an architect and he constantly bemoaned the, the, the lack of both parents being associated in their life. And, yeah. And the nutter could take his child to work because he owned his own practice. So the yeah. child was running around with them at work all day. Yeah. No one gets to experience that. I can't take a child to work. No. Like, no, that would be very unsafe. 99% of people can't do that. Male yeah. or female, you, you've got to go to work and work. You can't go to work and look after a child. Yeah, exactly. So. And the, well, I think there's a lot of mums who probably 
like myself, you know, you, you're full-time mum and then you've got your part-time jobs on top of that, but it's probably the harder way of doing it, I'd say. Oh, I don't know how well. people do it. I honestly don't know. We have a lot of people going through medicine, a lot of ladies who train and have kids during their training and take time off and then have exams at the same time. The most I don't know how you could do that. you could ever imagine yeah. is fellowship exams in medicine. Yeah. And they have kids at the same time. Like I, had, I had a friend who had a, a mental, a nervous breakdown in a corridor at work because of an exam failure while she was having a child. It was, I could imagine The that. stress is crazy. Yeah. So I don't know how mums do it to themselves. It's, I think men are able to disassociate a little bit more mm -hmm. than, than women are. Obviously, genetics and, yeah. and, 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 and biology drives a lot of that. But I, I honestly don't know how yeah. professional working mums find the time. Yeah, really. yeah, like, absolutely. There's not enough hours in the day for us. No. And there's two of us. I know. And we have one kid. Yeah. And he's great. I know, yeah. And that's the other side of things. Like, he doesn't have health problems. He doesn't have behavioural issues. He's a pretty... Easy chill kid. He doesn't yeah. have allergies. He like, and he goes to sleep. Yeah, no, we're and really so, lucky. And and then so if you had an addition on top of that is you had to work at the same time. Yeah. You wanted to work. You wanted to maintain the years and years and years of study and 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 career development that you put into yourself, and then having a child. I think it's hard. It's really hard to talk to someone who hasn't had kids to, to for them to understand. The commitment that's required yes, to have the child and understand that that in itself is a job. Yeah. Oh, it it's, is. It's it's, it's uh, pays poorly. The hours <laughs> no benefits, and you get this the kid that screams and turns around food on the floor. Like, little faces <laughs> smiling up at you. But yeah, no, like it's you know an eighty plus hour a week. There's no holidays. You don't get to go and you know have a boozy lunch when you've done a really good job. At <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's really tough but yeah so that would be your advice is just support your partner as much as yeah, you can yeah so if, if you if you're if you're in a partnership with someone then make sure that you're checking in and being proactive with your partner that you're helping them you expect the same thing from them because it's a team you're yeah. you're, you're trying to work out how to do this as you're doing it which is a nightmare. It's like how to fly a plane while flying a plane. No mm -hmm. one wants to do that. No, but we do but it. This is how we do it. And yeah. this is how we've always done it. Like people laugh at you when you talk to them about having children. They just look at you. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. And then you understand it. Because they've been through it. Yeah. They've been through it. And we, to be honest, haven't even been through it yet. We've no, I know. He's only 11 months old. <laughs> My brother's got three boys. The eldest is 11. Yeah. And... He just laughs at me when you talk about stuff. He's just like, you have no idea what you're going to go through. Yeah. You'll come out the other end, but yeah. the world that you're going to be entering into is is orders of magnitude more stressful than what you've gone through yeah. at this point. In time. I guess like the good thing is it's like anything, right? Like when you first have the baby and they're a newborn, you sort of, you know, you've got three jobs for that baby. You're terrified about killing the thing. Obviously. No, I know. I know. But what I mean is like they eat, they sleep, they need to be changed. Like they, they move through the motions. And then as they get older, you need to start like incorporating different things like food variety and educational games and things to stimulate them. And like you get to grow as they grow. See, my brain is still make sure he doesn't die. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's that's the, the, the prime directive at this point in time. Of course, that's all, <laughs> always going to be all important. The extra stuff that makes it human is your is your job. My job is just 
not die while well, he's with me. That's good to know. divorce me with my child. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I will. Bad doctor, definitely, child Definitely. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing. I feel pretty safe leaving him in your very capable hands. I'm like, if anything happens to him, he's with the doctor. He'll be right. Yeah, I'm Kenny Cinnabar. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's anything else that you want to add in, that any advice or anything, any funny anecdotes that you've well, come I across? Think, I think you've got to you've got to give yourself a break a little bit. Like it's a stressful learning environment, and and everyone's experiences are going to be different. So and everyone's got different backgrounds and different levels of support. And I think I think at the end of the day, you've got to make sure that. One, you give yourself a break because this is hard. Yeah. It's difficult. Like, there's nothing like this. Everyone does it, so you feel like it should just come naturally. It doesn't. It doesn't. You have no idea. Mm. Like, you buy a dog. Oh, I can keep a dog alive. Yay. Now I can have a child. Wrong. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. Can the dog light fire? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's 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 really, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult and taxing experience so i think you've got to keep it in context like that you've got to make sure that you give yourself a break give yourself time to recuperate because mm-hmm. if you're not looking after yourself you're sure not going to be looking after yeah. your kid so you better make sure that you're doing yourself and then ask for help yeah people are going to be very i don't know they like, are willing like with us they're, they're super like willing. yeah we'll help you yeah like ask but i think at the end of the day it would be better if people just turned up and yeah. helped like Yes. The difference between your parents and my parents, for example, your parents will just rock up. Yes, they do. My parents are getting better at that, but they've never been like that ever. Yeah, yeah. And that's something I suppose we are working on, all four of us, to build the relationship for them to feel comfortable to do that. We're lucky that we have good relationships with with the Yeah, we are. We are really lucky. And if you've got that with your parents, great. And if you've got it with someone else, then ask for help. Everyone's... Everyone's really willing to help. Yeah. And if you've had kids, you, know, so you understand get it. what the other people Yeah, are. absolutely. As they say, it takes a village to raise a, a family, and that's absolutely true. I wish. Imagine having a village. It's your night to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tina's I mean, looking yeah. after the 12 children tonight. We, 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 have, we have support. We do. We are very lucky. We have our village. We just don't all live in the same house. To be honest, I'm kind of happy about because we have enough washing to do. Yeah, and and do it. Like if you're thinking about it. Yeah, it. if you're on the fence. If you're on the fence, and you can, and you and you're lucky enough that you can. Yeah, if you're in that situation, financially, physically, etc. It'll be the hardest, shittiest, greatest thing you'll ever do in your life. <laughs> I have to say, like it is absolutely the most rewarding thing, even when you're feeling completely spent, like just. Having a little person wrap their arms around you is just, there's nothing like it on oh, earth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And hearing, best. hearing giggle and run towards you. Oh, yeah. He goes to sleep and then I sit staring at my phone, looking at photos of him from the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Caveat, this may change in three years' oh, time. Of course, of course. A screaming uh, three-year-old drawing on the wall. But right now he's just, he is pure joy for our lives. Yeah, yeah he's pretty good. Well, thank you so much for joining me this evening and for sharing your experience with everyone. I'm sure it'll give a lot of insight to our listeners to know what the other side is like because, you know, Amy and I get on here every week and I probably whinge a lot about mum life and Amy is obviously on a 
pretty hectic journey for herself to get there, but we certainly never get to hear from the other side. So thanks for giving us your thoughts. Thank you for having me on. No worries. All right, guys, well, you know what to do. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts, so don't forget to follow us. If you're listening and you've got a little Instagram, chuck us up onto your stories so other mamas and those of interest can find us. We also have our Facebook page and our Instagram and our TikTok, so come and follow us and join our community. Until next week, thanks, guys. Bye.